and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. I'm your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky, spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. Wednesdays are for suits. I thought you were going to say spoops. Well, that too. It's because I said stoots. Got it. The fuck? Anyway, good evening, guys. What's up? Before we get into our haunted location episode about the Stanley Hotel... Oh, we're going to play Make Shack a Dull Boy. We're going to have a word from all sponsors. Calm your buddy down. <laughs> <laughs> I get I more get Jonas Brother as we progress. I know, like every week, it just gets more and more and more. What is that, Nick? It's Nick. It's more Nick. Yeah, Nick is sure. the nasally one. Very Nick. Um. Well, we're getting in that time of year where the more the allergies come out, the more uh, the <laughs> nasally, the more the allergies come out, the, the more nasally the Nick, Nick comes Jonas. out. Um. So, guys, the beard oil is officially out. Um, it is available on the Etsy site. It is not a part of the 20% off sale though. Um, all the other items are on sale to the end of this month. Um, so the very last day will be tomorrow. Um, so if anything is ordered tomorrow, it will be shipped Friday. Um, uh, and again, the beard oil isn't, but it's really great. It's definitely something worth checking out. And I know that, um, that was something that, had been asked for and um you know i think it's really at a reasonable price it's a four ounce size so it's something that for the price will <coughs> will last forever so um yeah that is eight dollars on etsy um the link is in the bio on the instagram page everything is calm your body down on etsy and instagram and um yeah free shipping on everything so that's it thank you Please tell me why I'm sitting here and my brain just went, Christmas is here, bringing your cheer to you. And my brain went to Krampus immediately. I have no idea. I don't know what just happened. I don't know why you were thinking about anything, Chris. I don't, it, it, Krampus. Just, oh, well, I don't, Krampus. Well, I, Krampus is acceptable. It was the Krampus. I'm choking on the K's. It was the <laughs> It was the Krampus Christmas bell song. Like the Chris Von Krampus yeah. song. Cause that song rules, man. It really does. It really does. I have no fucking idea why that happened. I am so sorry, y'all. I I hate the mention of the C word before Halloween is even here. But for some reason my brain was like, let's think about Krampus. And I'm like, why? <laughs> mm-hmm. Why though? Anyway, calm your buddy down. <laughs> so, guys, our last episode of September, because Friday is the month where we all come alive and we are all ready for, I mean, in all reality, we all come alive on September 1st, but October is our month to thrive. We cannot wait until October. We cannot wait for Halloween as usual. Um, this is our last episode of this month and we are talking, talking, we are talking about the Stanley Hotel. <laughs> um, we are talking about the hotel. Um, I was telling my friend earlier today, I was like, we need to talk about booking our hospital next year 
for when we go to Salem and I meant to say hotel and I was like we gotta book our hospital and she's like why are we booking a hospital <laughs> and I was like nope uh hotel I was like, yeah what <laughs> we're not going to a hospital in Salem That's I would weird. hope not um I can't vacation no that's not acceptable for anybody it's really not so, guys, you know, the Stanley Hotel was the inspiration for The Shining, which we will get into later. Um, but this place is absolutely beautiful. I don't know if you guys saw the pictures that I posted. That picture I posted today on the site was absolutely gorgeous. It was the picture of it at night. Um, a couple of my friends have been here. No one I know personally has had any experiences here. But me and uh, Becky would love to go um, stay a night in see you know for ourselves because we love the overnight haunts very much so so guys getting into the stanley hotel it's 140 rooms which already good lord colonial revival hotel in estes park colorado five miles from the entrance to the rocky mountain national state the word state isn't even there. Rocky, <laughs> I just wanted to stick it right there. I was like, the word state isn't even there. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Five miles from the entrance to the Rocky Mountain National Park. I'm so sorry. It was built by Freeland Oscar Stanley of Stanley Steamer. Call 1-800-STEAMER. Stanley Steamer gets carpet cleaner. To think that that's a company that's been around for over... A hundred years. Right. Like it's next year will be 120 years since that company has existed. Wow. That's, that's pretty fucking crazy for a carpet cleaning company. They must know what the fuck they're doing. That has been around for that long. I mean. They know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. So that's, that says a lot. Um, but yeah, I remember hearing about this place and finding out the connection. I think it wasn't until... Actually, yeah, it wasn't until the Ghost Adventures episode. And that was season four, because I just rewatched it. Oh my I god, they were in their babies. 25th season. Um, so this was season four, and they went to Stanley, and that that's when I found out. I always knew Stanley Hotel with the connection with The Shining, but I didn't know the original Stanley Hotel being built by that Stanley, the founder of Stanley Steamer of all things. I was like, that's fucking crazy. So I, I didn't know. Not to mention the fact that I probably episodes. just triggered a bunch of Cincinnati people. <laughs> well, just mid... Well, Is Midwest, that a Midwest thing? Period. Yeah. I mean, I don't... If if it started in Colorado, I don't know how... Right? Um, maybe that's an well, the head, thing. Well, the headquarters is in Massachusetts, so maybe it's... I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a lot more people familiar with Stanley Steamer than what we think. Probably. Um, so, it was built by Freeland Oscar Stanley of Stanley Steamer fame and opened on July 4th of 1909 as a resort for upper class Easterners and a health retreat for sufferers of pulmonary tuberculosis. The hotel and its surrounding structures are listed on the National Register of Historic Places, and today the hotel includes a restaurant, spa, bed and breakfast with panoramic views of Lake Estes, the Rockies, and Long's Peak. I mean, when you look at it, it it's looks... Well, and it kind of is shaped... We've done episodes about sanitar- sanatoriums, Waverly Hills, namely, and it's it's shaped just like that building. It's got a lot of the same... There's. I was reading a little bit into the architecture part of it and how it 
how it's even people have even said it's almost got a hospital like look to it so so if, if waverly hills and danvers state hospital had a child it would be this yeah basically it would be the stanley that makes sense that sounds about right so the stanley hotel inspired the overlook hotel which we discussed in stephen king's best-selling novel the shining and the 1980 film adaptation and was a filming location for the related 1997 TV miniseries. Yeah. Which I've heard is very good, but I've most people seen know. It. I mean, if, if most people aren't familiar with this story, the um, novel, the 1977 Stephen King novel, the film adaptation in 1980 by Stanley Kubrick was vastly different, especially the ending. The ending is completely different. Um, so the 1997 miniseries that they filmed at the Stanley as the Overlook, that one, um, the 1997 miniseries follows the 1977 Stephen King um, novel to a T. So that's why most people say that um, pretty much it's all the same, except for the very ending are, are vastly different. Um, but still, great, great movies in their own right, for sure. Um, but to, again, get into the, um, history, uh, like we mentioned, um, in 1903, the, uh, Freeland Oscar Stanley was the inventor of the steam-powered car, uh, the Stanley Steamer. Um, but in that year, he came down with tuberculosis. The most highly recommended treatment of the day was fresh, dry air with much sunlight and a hearty diet. Therefore, like many lungers of his day... Um, apparently that was like a nickname given to people who had tuberculo tuberculosis. Lungers? Stan you Stanley came up with a much better name than that. I'm like, that's, that's <laughs> terrible. But I'm also getting on my tongue. I don't to know say how, I mean, I, I don't colloquially, I don't know. I, that's kind of, uh, <laughs> different. I don't, I mean, I guess I could see how, but it's not really something I would want to be known. By. Is that my identifier? Am I a lover? I'd rather just say it. I, I like the the I like consumption. I always like that one better. Like I have consumption. I always like that one. It makes better you sound cooler. I'm just like I have consumption. I have consumption. I'm a the, lunger of the lungs. You're a what? <laughs> exactly. You're a huh? What is that? Um. So he resolved to take the curative air of the Rocky Mountains. He and his wife Flora arrived in. Denver in March um, in, and in June, on the recommendation of Dr. Sherman Grant Bonnie, moved to Estes Park, Colorado for the rest of the summer. Over the season, Stanley's health greatly improved dramatically. Impressed by the beauty of the valley and grateful for his recovery, he decided to return every year. He lived to the age of 91, dying of a heart attack in Newton, Massachusetts, one year after his wife in 1940. In 1907, um, Stanley had recovered completely, however, not content with the rustic accommodations, lazy pastimes, and relaxed social scene of their new summer home, Stanley resolved to turn Estes Park into a resort town. In 1907, the construction began on the Hotel Stanley, a 48-room grand hotel that catered to the class of modern, moderately wealthy urbanites who compose the Stanley social circle back east as well as to consumptives seeking the healthy climate. The land was purchased in 1908 through the representatives of the 4th Earl of Dunraven, <clears throat> excuse me, and Mount Earl, the Anglo-Irish peer, who had originally acquired it by stretching the provisions of the Homestead Act in 1862. 
and preemption rights. Between 1872 and 1884, Lord Dunraven claimed 15,000 acres of the Estes Valley in an unsuccessful attempt to create a private hunting preserve, making him one of the largest foreign holders of American land. Unpopular with the local ranchers and farmers, of course. Well, no <laughs> shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how, I mean, I would, I would think not long after the founding of this country that they wouldn't take too kindly to anybody from England, especially a lord coming in and buying 15,000 acres as a hunting preserve. Um, he left the area in 1884, relegating the ranch to management of an overseer. Dunraven's presence in Colorado was parodied in Charles King's novel Dun Dunraven Ranch and in James A. Michener's film The Sentinel, which came out in 1974. His reputation was such that when Stanley suggested the Dunraven as a nickname for the hotel, 180 people signed a buckskin petition requesting that he name it after himself instead. The main hotel and concert hall, <coughs> excuse me, were completed in 1909 in the manor in 1910. To bring guests from the nearest train depot to the foothills towns of Lyons, Colorado, Stanley's car company produced a fleet of specially designed steam power vehicles called mountain wagons that seated multiple passengers. I bet those were very, very loud, though. For some reason, that just <laughs> you gotta wear fucking ear earmuffs when you're when you're on that right. Thing. Exactly. Otherwise, you're gonna. It's like I mean, it's probably a lot easier than walking, but holy shit, it's probably. I, I, I would rather walk imagine. and keep my ear loud. <laughs> loud as hell. You know, Stanley operated the hotel almost as a pastime, remarking once that he spent more money than he made each summer. Sounds about right. In 1926, Stanley sold his hotel to a private com company incorporated for the sole purpose of running it. The venture failed in 1929. He purchased his property out of foreclosure, selling it again in 1930 to fellow automobile and hotel magnate Roe Emery of Denver. Until 1983, the resort was only open during the summer, shutting down for the, shutting down for the winter every year. The presence of the hotel and Stanley's own involvement greatly contributed to the growth of Estes Park, incorporated in 1917, and established in 1915 the creation of the Rocky Mountain National Park. No state. No state. <laughs> it's in Colorado, the state of Colorado, but no. No state. No state. No. You want me to read this part? Or you want to read this part? Um. um I can. It's fine. I'm over here just singing. I can read it. Are you sure? I don't care. No, it's fine. You can read the next part. <laughs> um, so the nineteen eleven gas explosion. Um Did you know the Titanic this was pretty, in nineteen twelve? <clears throat> this is pretty interesting. <laughs> so just a year later. <laughs> um so upon opening, the hotel was alleged to be one of the few in the world that were powered entirely by electricity. However, lack of available power induced the installation of auxiliary gas lighting in June of nineteen eleven. On June 25th, the day after the pipes had been filled, an explosion occurred that injured a maid and damaged the structure, though contemporary newspaper articles differ on certain details. In a brief article telegraphed to the York Dispatch of Pennsylvania and circulated by the Associated Press the following day, um, it was said to, this quote was from that paper, the Stanley Hotel, built at a cost of $500,000, was partly wrecked last night by an explosion of gas. Eight persons were injured, one seriously. None of the guests were injured. Elizabeth Wilson of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, a hotel employee, was hurled from the second to the first floor, and both of her ankles were broken. The other seven were um, Negro or Black waiters. 
when she she was actually in a coma for three days after this happened i heard about this on a podcast it was just it was insane um when the lancaster paper reprinted the story the editor noted that elizabeth wilson's name did not appear in local directories and she could not be identified as a lancastrian so from that part of pennsylvania similar accounts in local colorado papers gave the maid's name as elizabeth lambert and convey various dramatic details that are not confirmed by other articles. The most comprehensive and detailed article on the incident appeared on June 29th in the Fort Collins Express and seems to be the most accurate, positively refuting that the maid had been hurled from the second to the first floor. That the explosion of gas in the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park Sunday night will not interfere with the reception and entertainment of guests was announced by the management Monday night. The dining room of the Stanley Manor will be used during the time the big building is undergoing repairs and the other accommodations will be adequate because of the fact that the damage was confined chiefly to the west end of the building. So it's on the side of the building. The management estimated the damage last night at probably $10,000. It was announced that the building of, it was announced that the work of repairing the building will be taken up at once and pushed to completion as rapidly as possible. The explosion was caused by an accumulation of acetylene gas from a leaky pipe. This gas accumulated in the space between the ceiling of the dining room and the floor of the second story. A chambermaid who was in the room directly above the dining room was in the act of lighting the gas when the match which she held in her hand ignited the escaping gas. Yeah, this is the story I heard. She was trying to light her, um, she had one of those lanterns that had gone out and when she was trying to strike a match to light the lantern, that's what caused the explosion because there was already gas that had been leaking out of the pipe anyway. So the explosion which followed which followed tore a huge hole in the floor, precipitating great quantities of plaster timbers and other debris into the dining room. The chambermaid, Lizzie Linton, Littenberger, had both ankles broken. It is thought from the concussion of the explosion as she was thrown into the hole in the floor. She was not, however, thrown threw into the dining room being caught by the timbers and held until rescued. She was taken to the hospital in Longmont where she had, uh, she had been employed at the hotel ever since it had been built and she came from Philadelphia. Two waiters also sustained slight injuries, one suffering a dislocated hip, the other being struck across the face by a flying plank. God damn it. Neither, I'm sorry, that just sounds harsh as fuck. You just go, huh? And it just, bam, you get smacked in in the face. Neither of these were considered serious. Okay, well, I don't know how you, what you call serious. Alfred Lamborn, manager of the hotel, his wife and daughter, and several other guests were in the dining room at the time of the explosion, but all miraculously escaped, un- escaped injury. So they were uninjured. The dining room was badly wrecked, and the west end of the building was badly strained out of line from the force of the explosion. At least 10 large plate glass windows on the ground floor were shattered, as well as several doors, which were blown off their hinges. The hotel is ordinarily lighted by electricity from a private plant in the neighborhood. The generator in this plant showed signs early Sunday afternoon of giving trouble Sunday night. So preparations were made to put the auxiliary acetylene lighting system into working order. The generating plant from this system is located in Stanley Manor and the big building had just been piped for acetylene last winter. The pipes never having been filled with gas until Sunday. So until that night, that's when the leak happened. And had it not been a story that I heard on this um, podcast was that the floor she was on, um, 
she hadn't, she was, there weren't anybody occupying those rooms in that area, but she was hearing, it was at night, and she was hearing sounds coming from rooms where there weren't supposed to be. Bless you. Bless you. You looked at me like, I was like, what's happening? I know, I looked at you like, I was like, what's happening? You're like, she's um, hearing noises and no one's supposed to be in there. And I'm like, I'm like utterly oh, like disgusted the way I looked at you. I was like, I was like, it's nice. I was like, is it that off? <laughs> but, um, you know, it's pitch dark. She can't see anything. There aren't any lights and there's not supposed to be anybody in these rooms. And she is hearing noises coming from these rooms. That's a big fuck no. And then all of a sudden the light and her lantern goes out and she's standing there in the dark. And then wouldn't you know it, right when this fucking gas leak happens and she goes to strike the match to light her lantern again, the fucking gas explodes and it blows a hole that she falls through from the first to the second floor. So it wasn't, she wasn't like blown back. She just fell through from the, from the second to the first floor, which is still bad enough. Cause like I said, she, she both, she broke both of her ankles and she ended up in a coma for three days. When she came out of the coma, she actually was fine a few days after that. And then she was able to recover enough that she went back to work at the hotel and stayed as an employee until she was 91 years old, like literally until she died. And after her death, she still haunts. It's rumored that she still haunts the West End after they rebuilt it because they said that they, it's, it's rumored that within those three days that she was in that coma, that part of her soul stayed it makes sense. in that area especially because she apparently loved working there she loved it she absolutely loved it loved the people loved work i mean literally stayed there until she died she's 91 years old um so yeah they believe that part she so she's one of the ghosts rumored um this elizabeth or lizzie you know obviously last name you know she could have been married and then Right. Could have taken off. So it's, it, you know, I could see why, how in some stories, I think when I was listening to the podcast I was listening to, she was Elizabeth Lambert. So she's, she's apparently one of the ghosts that specifically haunts that part of the hotel on the West End where they rebuilt after the um, explosion happened. And like I said, they, they think that part of her spirit in the three days that she was in that coma, even though she came out of it, it's like it just stuck with that part of the hotel, which totally makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And then sense. if she stayed there until she was 91, even though she didn't die in the hotel, um, her spirit would still be connected. That's what she loves, though. That she loves That was what she loved, yeah. So, See, listen, when you're telling that story about the lantern and hearing shit, and then... I listened, that before I, I listened to that before I went to bed last night, so that was great. I'm surprised I didn't have My brain just went... <laughs> I don't know what the fuck just happened. I don't really care. I'm gonna get the fuck up out of here. <laughs> fuck this shit out now. Well, what fucked with me is because I've seen this in movies before. I kept thinking to myself, she's gonna light that, and as soon as she lights it, there's gonna be something like. <laughs> That's always been my worst nightmare when they're in the dark and the fucking flashlight goes out, and they're like hitting the fucking flashlight to try to get it. Oh, you know. And then all of a sudden, coming. it's like flickers, and there's something right there, and you're like. Huh? And then the flashlight goes out again and it flickers again and it's standing right there. And you're like, oh, and then they get the flashlight to work and then it's gone. And you're like, just burn it down. And then it pops out again. And then you're like, just burn the whole fucking. Listen, that has happened to me in real life at that blackout thing in Kings Island where the entire thing is blacked out. (laughs) That's why it's called blackout. (laughs) So 
literally you cannot see no you cannot see no. you and the goo the goo you and the exactly <laughs> you yeah. and the group of people you have a rope no and all of you all, <laughs> all of you are with your right hand are holding the rope so you actually stay together your left hand goes on the wall because you cannot see until you get to these little openings where there's a strobe light. <laughs> Let me tell you a little something. Just so I'm not this, leading. I'm not all leading. Of this is the biggest no ever in my life. I was not leading the pack because I can't handle pitch black darkness like that. Like I, I genuinely, if I was alone, I would have probably had a panic attack and died. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not laughing. <laughs> But I, I saw a strobe happening, and I looked up, and you could see, like, this giant spider, like, in in the corner. And I was like, okay. And the strobe light was not fast. It was slow. So I'm just walking along my merry way, hanging onto the fucking rope. I Actually, my left hand was not on the wall. My left hand was gripped to the guy in front of me. <laughs> yes. Um, <coughs> little, lo and behold pitch black and then all of a sudden I'm not moving we're not moving because he had to stop for some reason I don't know why he stopped and we're not moving and all of a sudden the light flashes and there is a face I kid you not no inches no from my face and it's because they have they have night goggles no. they can see no I literally don't know how no. I got punched this person <laughs> no I was clinging to the back of my friend and I pushed him so hard and screamed and then I ran into a cobweb and I lost I, I ungripped my right hand I ungripped my left hand I lost everyone I didn't know where anyone was I couldn't see and I kid you not the worker the worker came over to me and was like here let me take you to your group because I can see where they are and I was like so much agony and I can hear Chris Chris is laughing. I'm like, honestly, if I could, if I could even know where to go, I could just follow his laugh and find him because he was laughing at me so hard. He, I, he had no I, idea what happened. <laughs> he just, he literally just heard me have a fucking. The reason why I'm laughing is because all of this sounds, the panic, <laughs> deep within me, and the fact that I, first of all, I would literally never do that. I would literally never ever. I am almost 40. I still sleep with a nightlight. Like, my husband could sleep in a cave, pitch dark. He fucking loves that shit. I absolutely cannot. There are... That is the only... There is a nightlight on in my house. I cannot... I cannot have pitch darkness. There has to be... Which reminds me, make not, sure... Not in the room, but it's, like, in our hallway. Make also, sure you bring a nightlight this weekend. Right. Also, because I don't want to stub my fucking toe on the way to the bathroom. So that's another reason that. why I would there's, the there's a light wall. in the yep. right. So it's not in the room. So it's not like in your face. So you can go to sleep, but I could not have my whole house. Like just be completely pitch dark. Like nothing. I just no. I don't mind the darkness. I just need to be able to see in it. You know what I mean? Like if I'm in my room at night in the dark, I can still see. Yeah, no, I don't like that. I don't like I can dark. still see. No. But I can't handle, Like, people like, that can sleep with their bedroom door closed and, like, the room is pitch dark, I'm like, yeah, no, no. I can't. I cannot do that. I absolutely cannot do that. 
Also, I would die and feel like I was in an oven because my room get, the room gets so hot. Uh, well, just... the only reason I have to is because of the guinea pig. Right. Because of the cats. In our house, but, but no. Our yeah. air, my, that air vent is literally right on top of my bed. Oh, okay. So I'm literally like in an icebox at night. And yeah, like... I wish our room was like that. It's not. I would be roasting like... A Cornish Just game. call me rotisserie. A Cornish game end. I would be a fucking. I would be. I'd be one of them rotisserie chickens. Just call me rotisserie. Oh my god, it would be bad. But it honestly, so that bad. was the scariest. That was I had never been actually scared yeah, in no. one of those before. I can't do it. Um. But yeah, I just had to share that since we were talking about. I can't. I can't do haunted houses like that. Like I have to. I have to see where I'm going. I have to see everything now what's actually really funny is that i'm just like that anywhere i think it's just i think it's just being it has to come from needing to be aware of your surroundings oh yeah times like i need to be aware of of like where i am where you're going like that's why i don't like to fall asleep in a car on a trip if i don't know where i'm at like it depends on yep i can't do i can't fall asleep because i get anxious like i need to know where i am yep and I, I totally get it because I can't. Yeah. So I think that's got to be something with just knowing like where you are at all times. There was that one in uh, the one in Wilmington that has the uh, the bus, the bus ride. <sighs> Their haunted house that we went into it was really funny because this guy like opens this door and he's like coaxing me. He's like, come on, let's go. And I was like, OK. And he's like, no, 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 not you. Because I was like, whatever. Um, and then Taylor goes in front of me, and when she opens the door, it's a pitch black hallway. Nope. And Taylor was like, you want, you can, and I'm like, what? I'm like, this actually, I don't like this. I don't, I don't like this. (laughs) You were like, I don't, (laughs) I don't. I'm like, normally, I don't get freaked out by this kind of stuff, and lo and behold, of course, what did they have? They had shit hanging from the ceiling, and I didn't know. Cause I can't, I couldn't see it, so I'm just walking along, and I'm like, "Bah!" <laughs> 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 Bitch, I about jumped back so fucking far, I about flew back into the other room. But anyway, so guys, uh, in 1974, during their brief residency in Boulder, Colorado, Stephen King and his wife Tabitha spent one night at the Stanley Hotel. The visit is known entirely through interviews given by King in which he presents differing narratives of the experience. At the time of his visit, he was writing a book with the working title Dark Shine, set in an amusement park, but was not satisfied with the setting. According to George Beam's uh, Stephen King companion, on the advertisement... Wow. On the advisement of locals who... I mean, (laughs) in your defense, it could have been either one. So, I was like... Putting in letters that are not there. There is no state. On the advisement of locals who suggested a resort hotel located in Estes Park, an hour's drive away to the north, Stephen and Tabitha King found themselves checking in at the Stanley Hotel just as its other guests were checking out. Because the hotel was shutting down for the winter season, after checking in and after Tabitha went to bed, King roamed the halls and went down the ho- to the hotel bar where drinks were served by a bartender named Grady. As he returned to his room, number 217, his imagination was fired up by the hotel's remote location, size, eerie look, and eerie desolation. 
When Kane went to the bathroom and pulled back the paint curtain for the tub, which had claw feet, he thought, what if somebody died here? At that moment, I knew I had a book. In 1977, in a 1977 interview by Literary Guild, Kane recounted, while we were living in Boulder, we heard about this terrific old mountain resort hotel and decided to give it a try. But when we arrived, they were just getting ready to close for the season. And we found ourselves the only guests in the place with all those long, empty corridors. King and his wife were served dinner in an empty dining room, accompanied by canned orchestral music. Except for our table, all the chairs were up on the tables, so the music is echoing down the hall. And I mean it, and I, and I mean it was like God had put me there to hear that and see those things. By the time I went to bed that night, I had a whole book, The Shining, in my mind. And another retelling, King said, I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the corridors, looking back over his shoulder, eyes wide, screaming. He was being chased by a fire hose. I woke up with a tremendous jerk, sweating all over, within an inch of falling out of bed. I got up, lit a cigarette, sat in a chair, looking out the window with the Rockies, and by the time the cigarette was done, I had the bones of the Shining firmly set in my mind. How Can I just say... How cool it is to have a mind like that. Man, I'm telling you, Stephen King's mind, his, he, he has said a, a lot about the early books that he wrote that they came from nightmares or dreams that he would have. So he would just immediately get up. He, he'd have a pack of cigarettes and a notebook pad right by his bed so he knew to start writing as soon as he got the idea from a dream or a vision he had when he was sleeping. Um, also a lot of the early books that he wrote, um, the other thing that made The Shining so autobiographical is, uh, and it's very well known that Stephen King himself is a recovering alcoholic. So there was a lot about, you know, not only a young son, the alcoholism, the, the, a writer, there was so much about The Shining that was very autobiographical yep. to Stephen King. So that was a big reason why the move, the original Stanley Kubrick movie was a bit of a bone of contention because that Jack character was so, except for when he was drunk, of course, he was so different. He, he ended up having more redeeming qualities in the end in the book than he did in the in the movie yeah in the movie he was a piece um, of shit so which jack nicholson played amazing he did so well but uh yeah that wasn't his original vision and, and part and i understand why if you go back and i listened to the audiobook before i watched um uh dr sleep which i highly recommend if people haven't I seen that i still yet. haven't seen that <laughs> I um, still haven't seen it. I really enjoyed it. I, I know some people got kind of, you know, some people said the ending gets kind of muddled. I don't think so. I thought it, it, especially the beginning to the, it did the perfect job of combining uh, The Shining with this because Dr. Sleep is the direct sequel. And when you listen to the audiobook or read the book, the, um, the beginning is a little difficult because if you don't know that, so the ending to the book The Shining that was also in that 1997 TV miniseries, Jack's spirit comes back and um, blows up the hotel uh, to save Wendy and um, oh, Danny. To save Wendy and Danny. I was like... So, grown-up Danny is still haunted even though uh, 
the overlook has been blown up. Danny in his adult age is still haunted by visions of what happened to him in the overlook, these spirits. Um, the other thing is too, that's really important is Doc Halloran, who I loved in the movie. I loved, um, uh, the actor that played him in the movie. Oh God, it's going to drive me crazy. Cause he was just, he was so incredible. Um, he uh scatman crothers i'm sorry scatman crothers was just so incredible as that character um he doc did not die he didn't die in the book and in the miniseries i know that you know there's a part in the in the stanley kubrick adaptation where he's killed by the you know yeah he has the shining too and then he gets killed when he shows up to save danny and wendy um but he's still alive uh, he lives at the end, but now in Dr. Sleep, obviously he's already passed on, but like he still comes to Danny, like Danny still is able to speak with him. So, um, I thought they did the perfect, I thought they did absolutely perfect with blending the end of one movie to the beginning of the other and how much Danny has taken on traits of his father as far as becoming an alcoholic to help him deal with what happened to him. Cause that's a really fucking traumatic thing to go through as a child on top of the shining and everything else he had going on. So, um, so it was public. The book was published in 77, right? Became the right. third great success after Carrie and Salem's lot. The primary setting is an isolated Colorado desert named the overlook, which closes for the Not desert resort. You said Colorado desert. I really, <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? I'm literally making up words. <laughs> Colorado desert. Colorado desert. Like, because that's the climate of Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, what? <laughs> the Colorado desert. Ma'am, there is no desert there. <laughs> no, there is no desert in Colorado, ma'am. <laughs> There, there is no desert in America. No. I, I, you know, I just... <laughs> what the Definitely f- not in Colorado. Fuck, ma'am. <laughs> um, in the front matter of the book, King tactfully states some of the most beautiful resort hotels in the world are located in Colorado, in their deserts. Right. But the hotel in these pages is based on none of them. The overlook and the people associated with it exist wholly in the author's imagination. I'm just screaming right now because desert... You're like desert. You were like, honey, no, no. resort. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so as far as the uh, Stanley Hotel serving as the overlook in the 1997 miniseries that we mentioned of the Stephen King adaptation of The Shining, it was also used in. Um, and I, I can't. This is like a distant memory it just popped in my head. If anybody's a Dumb and Dumber fan out there, the original with. Jeff Daniels and uh, Jim Carrey, the uh, fictional Hotel Danbury in Aspen, Colorado. Um, they used the Stanley in the 1994 film. Uh, from 2013 to 2015, the hotel property hosted the Stanley Film Festival. It was an independent horror film festival operated by the Denver Film Society held in early May. The festival featured screenings, panels, student competitions, audience awards, and receptions. Um, It was put on hiatus in 2016 and officially canceled in 2017. Um, Bravo's cooking competition Top Chef, I've only watched that a few times, um, also uses Stanley as a venue for episode 10 of season 15, all of which took places in various locations around Colorado. 
Um, and the indie rock band Murder by Death, who I have never heard of, have performed at an annual series of winter concerts at the Stanleys since 2014, with 2020 being their seventh such event. Three. Oh my God, they're from Bloomington, Indiana, of all things. That's not far away at all. That's where my family's from. My family's from Bloomington. I had no, I've literally never heard of this band before. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so despite a peaceful early history in the years following the publication of The Shining, the Stanley Hotel gained a reputation as a setting for paranormal activity. It has hosted numerous paranormal investigators and appeared in Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures. The hotel offers guided tours which feature spaces reputed to be exceptionally active. I would genuinely love to stay here. I would I would love to stay the night and stay the night in one of the more haunted areas. I don't I wouldn't want to stay in one of the most haunted rooms only because it's like if if it's legitimately haunted in that room, you're not going to sleep and that's going to fucking suck. Um but I would love to stay in like the a haunted area and actually like be able to check that out because that would be so much fun to do that. Yeah, I mean they it's obviously still operating as a bed and breakfast. I mean, you can get online and rent rooms there now. Um and I mean, the backdrop of this place is just insane. Like the beautiful the view alone is just absolutely unremarkable. Like, I mean, just to just to visit it, even if you don't get a chance to stay. I mean, I I, you know, of course would love to stay too myself, but like, even if you don't get a chance to stay, like, um, and I've heard how absolutely gorgeous Estes Park is. Like, it's just a really, really beautiful area. And I mean, and to think it was just literally just this little like town in, in the Rockies that like nobody paid any attention to until all of a sudden this Stanley steamer magnet guy gets tuberculosis and this ends up being the cure for it, the fresh air. And he decides, well, I'm going to build this big expensive, uh, uh, hotel there. And name it after myself. And <laughs> I mean, like, why not? Um, God, it's so beautiful. But yeah, I mean, this sounds incredible. I, I, It's definitely a place to visit. It's beautiful. Um, and again, with all the, just with all the history alone, even if, again, even if you don't see any ghosts, a lot of these places, just to experience the history is is enough for me even if nothing actually happens i mean obvious obviously with it being over a hundred years old um you know the explosion that happened just all of the other things that have happened over a hundred years at a place like that you know there's got to be some type of energy there but um, again, even if you go and you don't experience anything, like I said, just to learn the, um, just to be surrounded by the history of these places. Are so incredible. I found, I just found a great thing that talks about the ghosts. So I want to read this to you, for you guys. Um, this is an, uh, this is a site called Nightly Spirits. And it's about the Stanley Hotel, and it gets into the actual hauntings. 
Um, so the Stanley Hotel has been called the Disneyland for ghosts. It has hosted countless paranormal investigations, including by teams from Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures, which we said. Um, guests can get in on the action with the Ghost Adventure package, where they're assigned a room on the fourth floor, complete with a ghost hunting equipment and a mug with the famous message, Red Rum. Let's do it. <laughs> Ghostly occurrences are reported in almost every single room of the hotel. Shadowy figures, eerie laughter, flickering lights to items moving on their own. The Stanley Hotel has all of your favorite phenomena. If you get too spooked, just find a member of the cleaning staff. Apparently the ghosts hate vacuum cleaners. <laughs> they all love the vacuuming. <laughs> Every time someone vacuums, the machines go haywire and turn off or the plugs come flying out of the wall. Room 217. Although the Overlook Hotel from The Shining is fictional, as are the characters within Room 217, the one that the Kings stayed in and is prominent in the novel, remains the most requested accommodation. I can assure you there is no woman in the bathtub, but that doesn't mean it isn't haunted. In 1911, during a large storm, the head housekeeper's Miss Wilson was lighting the lanterns in 217. This is what we were talking about before. Um, so, guests have had their items moved, luggage unpacked, lights being turned on and off. Miss Wilson is very old-fashioned, and she isn't a fan of unmarried guests sleeping in the same bed. <laughs> so some couples have reported feeling a cold force come between them. When they wake up, they often find that the man's things have been packed with his luggage by the door. That is hilarious. Jim Carrey stayed in room 217 when the Stanley Hotel was used for filming and died of Dumb and Dumber. I've heard this story before. He got so spooked that he ran from the room half naked in the middle of the night. Some of the film's crew also got the creeps in this room. The staircase between the floors in the hotel's lobby has been called the Vortex. It's a tornado of spiritual energy. Sort of the paranormal portal for all the ghosts that visit the hotel. Guests report cold spots and feeling dizzy on the stairs, as though something just walked right through them. Orbs and distortions have been caught on camera. Mr. and Mrs. Stanley have been seen hand-in-hand hand watching over the hustle and bustle from the grand staircase. Sounds like the fucking Titanic. <laughs> The concert hall was built by F.O. Stanley as a gift for his wife, Flora. The stage features a trap door used for theatrical ex entrances and exits. The lower level once housed a two-lane bowling alley. The hall underwent extensive repair and renovation in the 2000s, but it is a favorite spot of Flora Stanley's. She's been known to play the piano well into the night. Listen, there is something about a piano being played not when, when it's no not one's a person. playing it. Yeah. <laughs> Another spirit fond of the concert hall is Paul. Among other duties, Paul used to enforce the 11 p.m. curfew in the hotel's early days. Guests and employees report hearing someone telling them to get out late at night. A construction worker was doing some work on the floors in the concert hall when he felt someone nudge him several times until he left. Paul's a big fan of the tour groups, often flickering their flashlights upon request. Great. <laughs> Guests <laughs> staying on the fourth floor report hearing children running around, laughing, giggling, and playing. The closet doors tend to open and shut on their own. More than a century ago, the entire fourth floor was a cavernous attic. Later, it became lodging for female employees, children, and nannies. Could it be that the Grady twins are more than fabrications of King's macabre imagination? Rome, four, Rome. Room 428 has reports of the sound of footsteps and furniture moving about, but the real haunt is a friendly cowboy who appears on the corner of the bed. That's going to be a no for me. Obviously, many friendly cowboys have spent a night or two at this hotel over the years, but there is no indication of one dying in the building. Those that know their Estes Park history believe this to be the spirit of Rocky Mountain Jim Nugent. 
This is especially because he mostly appears to the ladies, sometimes giving them a ghostly kiss. Bitch, I don't care if you a ghost or not. Respect your boundaries. Yeah, exactly. Before indoor refrigeration, the Stanley Hotel had an outbuilding to house large blocks of ice. The ice house has been remodeled into a museum containing some of the original Stanley Steamer cars. It also has two spirits that have been seen inside. Billy is a shy kid that shows up as a blurry figure in photographs. Long before King's novel Pet Cemetery, there stood an actual pet cemetery outside of the Stanley Hotel. There are two beloved pets entered here um, that would that like to make appearances around the hotel. Cassie the Golden Retriever and Comanche, a fluffy white cat. Uh, both have been seen and heard all around the property. If you take the 75-minute historic Stanley Night tour, you'll get an in-depth look at the underground cave system beneath the hotel. The caves have a high concentration of limestone and quartz, hugely known to be energizing for uh, paranormal activity, if Mm -hmm. you did not know that. Some believe to help paranormal energy, (laughs) which I just said. It had been used by employees to get around the hotel, and it would seem that at least one of them is still down there. Current employees said that the smells of home-baked goods linger in the tunnel with no apparent source. They attribute this to the pastry chef who worked for the Stanleys when the hotel opened. There's a gray cat seen stalking about with bright green glowing eyes. It's church. It's church. (laughs) It's church. Oh, God. He is not known to be from the pet cemetery, so it's not church. So perhaps he came from one of those mysterious tunnels once led. That was just funny that it even mentioned that he wasn't from the pet cemetery. I was like, it's church. The open area in front of the hotel was originally a long driveway for Stanley Steamers and a promenade for guests to enjoy the views. In 2015, it was replaced with a hedge maze. They held a competition where they chose the design from 300 global entries. This was done to connect the hotel to Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining, which introduced the hedge maze. In King's novel, the lawn of the Overlook Hotel was adorned with topiary animals. While no specific ghosts have been reported inside, people do tend to get panicky and have trouble breathing while navigating the maze. I don't think that's ghosts. I think that's just people... Yeah. <laughs> Just like, uh, we got nothing better to do. <laughs> but I had to read those because that actually went into some of the stuff. And also, if you guys Google, like, hauntings and then look up images, there's a very creepy image of the staircase. And there's a, an apparition at the top of the stairs. Okay, yeah, I've heard of... <sighs> For some reason, I feel like that might have been mentioned on that Ghost Adventures episode, too. Was it? About the staircase. Yep. That's a crazy apparition, too. Look at that one. Like a kid Holy standing shit. by the by the stairs. It seems like the stairs. It's just kind of like they said. That seems to be the vortex of where most of the energy... Or at least one of them, if there's yeah. more than one in that place. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, would, I, I can't wait till we're able to uh, to go there. And, um, I am very excited. That'll be very fun. I mean, just like I said, from the view alone, the place is gorgeous. And the history, all of that, um, I'd love to, you know, just go someplace that's that old, that's got that much history in it. But um, definitely think that over the years, there could be some type of activity there. Um, even if nobody actually died there, 
just with the area that it's in, the limestone, as old as it is, all of that. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think it could be haunted. If anything, just have a lot, a lot of spiritual energy, store a lot of energy, be a vortex for a lot of energy. Um, it just, I just think overall it'd be a really, really interesting place to visit. So, um, well, it's kind of like when we go to any of the haunted locations, it's neat just to be there. Even if nothing ever happened, it's neat just to go to these locations because sure. there's so much history yeah. in them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, like, even in being in Massachusetts, when we were in Salem and some of those buildings we walked by were from the 1600s. If nothing would have happened... There's been some places we've been to, too. If nothing would have happened, I still would have. It still just would have been amazing. The boarding house yeah. period. Like being... it just would have, that's, a, that's such a big... Def, definitely there, even if nothing would have happened. That place is such a huge part of history. Yeah. So crazy when you just, just think about it. And you're like, I'm standing in this house. Like, that's just... <laughs> it's so one crazy. One of the most infamous unsolved murders of all time. Like, yep. I mean, and always will be, so... Well, well, yeah, that concludes that our awesome. spoopy ghost episode of All About the Stanley. The, the Stanley. The Stanley. Stanley. All right, guys. So next week, we are excited. Make sure to get HBO Max or go to the theater and see Malignant before next week because we are going to be talking about Malignant and we will be talking about spoilers. So make sure you go see it. Um, yeah. It's, you know, we, we figure this will be enough time. It's been... Yeah, it's been... <laughs> at least two weeks by the time we it's do the episode. It's been two weeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and we didn't get to see it in the theater, but it was... I mean, HBO Max giving the option for some of these movies is really nice. Like, Peacock is, op uh, Peacock is offering Halloween kills. But I'm like... That's a theater one. I that that one's that one's just I gotta I gotta see that there's one in the movies. theater. Excuse me. There's certain movies that are, and that's definitely one. I agree. Yeah. But yeah, we're gonna talk about *Malignant* next week. Next week. So you guys, I this this movie has gotten like literally all the reviews you could think of. Besides *Handyman*, for sure, the second best movie I've seen. One hundred percent. It it's just it's incredible. And like I mentioned after we watched it, if anybody follows me on Instagram, um, you know, I know this movie had a love hate, and a lot of that I think is because people walked into it with expectations, and you can't walk into this movie with any expectations. Um, parts of it, the music, the ending, and we'll go more into that are James Wan, but overall, I, I just, I, this was such a Cronenberg movie. There was so much of David Cronenberg in this movie. The, just the, the, the mind fucks, the mental stuff going on, all the, a lot of body horror. That's what David Cronenberg is The gore is in this movie is, is body so horror. Good. And the gore is incredible. Um, yeah, I thought David Cronenberg pretty much the entire time I was watching it. So if you're a Cronenberg fan, like I am, I, I would hope after watching it, if you've already seen it, you would make the same connection and enjoy it um, as much as we did. Yeah, we really did. We loved it. We thought it was great. My husband loved it. He really, really, really enjoyed it. So, um, I can't wait to talk about it. Hopefully you guys have seen it by the time we talk about it. 
because it will have been two and a half weeks. So hopefully you should have seen it by then because there would definitely be spoilers and we're yes. going to say there's going to be spoilers. So we don't want to hear it if we spoiled anything because spoilers. I don't know how many more times. Spoilers. <laughs> um, spoilers. <laughs> so you guys, spoilers. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about next week. And of course, you guys, you know, we have socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at DFWTO Podcast, handles DFWTO8811. And we are on we are on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Go find us, go follow us, go subscribe, leave us a review. And yeah, is that everything? Am I forgetting anything? My brain right now. I'm like, do I? I know, same. Am I? I think we got it. All Did the socials, platforms. Have you seen that video of the seal that's spinning around in circles? I feel like it's yes. my brain right now. Yes. Dang. Hubby has sent that to me, and I'm just like, oh, that is such an accurate description of this very moment. <laughs> like, my brain's, my body's like, let's get to work, and my brain's like, <laughs> all right, guys, have a great week. We love you. Keep on. Oh, we forgot the outro. Oh. <laughs> I told you I'd forget something. Well, something. It's okay. You got everything else. <laughs> okay, guys, have a great week. And remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with the original. Okay, now don't, don't forget shit like me. That's okay. <laughs> da, 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 da.